you're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable. Hey everyone, welcome Wob. back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park, along with, as usual, the co-host and the producer of the Wobcast, Chris Corso. What's up, dude? What's going on, Wobby? This no. is first first off-season yeah. edition of the Wobcast this year. Yeah, so. it is. And it's one of the last ones from Winter Park. It's crazy. It's crazy we're moving out of this building. Yeah. I see that they started taking the TVs down in the lunchroom and yep. stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, how many years has it been here for the Vikings? Um, I wish I knew the number. It's 40-something, I believe. Yeah. And... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be strange. I mean, we we go to the combine, February twenty six or seven. We leave, and we come back March fifth. I'm going on a little vacay to Florida and coming back March like eleventh, and I'm done at Winter Park. It's crazy. So yeah. really, when I go to the combine, that's it for me. That'll be it because March first is the move-in date. Yeah, right? and I'll be I'll be out of town. Crazy. So yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Uh, the only place I've known in my time here at the Vikings, and uh, most people in the building would say the same. And we'll be at Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center in Egan, uh, beginning in March. So when we are pursuing free agents and flying free agents in here to sign them and have press conferences and interviews and stuff in the studio. That'll be at TCO Performance Center in Egan. That'll definitely be an upgrade for for the Vikings. That's, I mean, that facility is going to look great. Um, yeah, it will, it will be different than the wooden panels on the walls here from from the nineteen eighties. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, this <laughs> was like that. This was cozy, intimate, and this was home. That's and, for sure uh, for a I long time. Here. And we're going to move into something completely different. Hopefully, we like it. Uh, a lot of people are very optimistic about it. So uh, that's coming up. Um, what's coming up on this episode of the Wobcast, though? We'll do a quick Super Bowl recap, take a look at the Vikings offseason calendar, a to-do list, take note of five players that experts are tying to the Vikings at number 30 in the first round of the draft, and we'll get into a few odds and ends. But first, some news and notes. The last vacancy head coaching vacancy in the NFC North, has been filled, Chris. That's right. Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, accepted the job with the Detroit Lions as their head coach um, earlier this week. That's obviously a big move for Detroit. They were still looking for for that guy to fill that spot, and uh, Matt Patricia was linked to them for a couple weeks now, and uh, obviously they just finished up in the Super Bowl, and he's had a very successful defense over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, not as successful this past season, um, especially in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl right. They were giving up 41 points, um, but he is Bill Belichick assistant for how many years now and he's mm-hmm. I think he's actually like an actual rocket scientist yeah, is always is. the articles you see yep. out there on him um, so yeah Bill Belichick's right hand man will be playing us twice next year right. um, and uh, yeah he'll be with the Lions the connection there is the Lions general manager Bob Quinn came from the Patriots uh, and took that job with the Lions so no surprise that he goes after uh, Matt Patricia Josh McDaniels is going to be uh, with the Indianapolis Cup. No, he's no, not. He's, he's going to stay with the Patriots. <laughs> that was crazy, wasn't it, this that, week? That was unbelievable. Yeah. Obviously, it was McDaniels was linked to the Colts, and Patricia was linked to the Lions, and McDaniels did accept the offer with the Colts as the head coach, and then he said, no, I don't want to go. And obviously, there's reports out there, and his deal was sweetened in, in New England. We don't know any of that, but um, he decided yeah. to stay with the Patriots. Yeah. So. Uh, Vikings news last week. <clears throat> during Super Bowl week, 
Randy Moss going into the Hall of Fame. It's such an honor for a, a Viking to be heading to the Hall of Fame, especially the week that the NFL honors were here with the Super Bowl here. And uh, he was obviously um, honored during the Super Bowl on the sideline alongside all the other Hall of Fame nominees. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's great. But you were in the building at the NFL Honors I was, yeah. the other night on Saturday night. Yep. Can you kind of explain what that yeah. was like? To You, you talked to so many current and former Vikings and Coach Zimmer, so what was that yep. like? It was cool. They, they had a red carpet entrance to the event for everyone, and so um, so I was on the red carpet, and yeah, you, you know, Mike Zimmer, Mark Wilf, uh, we talked to Matt Burke, Chris Carter, uh, Case Keenum, we're all, they were all there. Um, and then I, I talked to some other people that we didn't get on camera, like I talked to uh, Pat Shermer, former, obviously, Vikings offensive coordinator, now Giants head coach. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. The, the red carpet's got a little bit of a buzz to it. It's very glitzy and glamorous, you know. Um, and then the actual program was super cool, um, hosted by Rob Riggle. Um, and, you know, he's funny and cracking jokes, and the Vikings won an award for um, – what was the name of the 2017 play, play of, the, of year. the year? Yeah. yeah, it was play of the year. I think it was. I can't remember the sponsor that's tied to it, but obviously Keenum to Diggs was the whatever, whatever performance of the year. So that or play of the year. So that was cool. Um, you know, I thought all the awards you know, were pretty, pretty predictable. Gurley offensive player of the year, Aaron Donald defensive player of the year, uh, Brady MVP. A let's see, the coach of the year was McVeigh. Like, all oh, this was pretty. Uh, Alvin Kamara was rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. So, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, I think, was defensive rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, all pretty predictable, I thought. Um, man of the year, the, the NFL's man of the year was JJ uh, Watt for That's all right. the stuff he did in flood relief after the hurricane in Houston. So, it was a really cool show. And, uh, but, but the peak of it for me was uh, Randy Moss being part of the class of 2018 for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that would be super cool. I would imagine we'll go to Canton um, to cover that. You know, some some faction of VEN will go there. Um, I've done that five times. Uh, Randall McDaniel, John Randall, Chris Dolman, Chris Carter, and Mick Tinglehoff um, have gone in since I've been here with the Vikings. Now Randy Moss will go. So I really look forward to that type of uh, to that type of event. Canton is really cool, and the NFL does a great job. The Pro Football Hall of Fame does a great job. So um, it'll be fun to watch Randy go in. Who knows? Maybe we'll play in the game again. Uh, we did a couple years ago when Mick went in. That's right. Um, maybe we'll play in it this year and have an extra preseason game. Um, although, you know, I would say Vikings fans are going to come in droves to watch Moss go in. So if I was a Pro Football Hall of Fame, I wouldn't have the Vikings play in the game because they're going to come they're coming anyway so I put two other teams in there and get those teams fans as well uh, as the Vikings fans but um, that'll be really cool that'll be the first weekend of August in Canton Ohio when Randy Moss goes in as you've noted here the first wide receiver to go in as a first ballot guy since Jerry Rice he was pretty good I think that's pretty good company to be yeah I'd say (laughs) pretty good yeah Uh, also members of that class Ray Lewis Brian Urlacher T.O. Um, Brazil, um, Jerry Kramer, um, and I think that's it, right? Oh, um, Bobby Bethard. That's right. And GM of the uh, Brian Dawkins. Yep. That's everyone. So pretty good class. That's a good looking class. Some modern day, some some contemporary um, members of the class there with Ray Lewis and Erlacher and Dawkins and Moss and T.O. So. I really like that Terrell Owens got in as well. Yeah. I have to note that because he was right up there. Probably right below Randy Moss, but yeah. man, was he good! I 
I know he had all the off the field, on the field stuff going on, but he is one of the best to play that position. So. No doubt about it. Um, now so. we talk about something that we don't love to talk about, but we're going to do a quick recap, and we're going to make, make it very quick of, of the Super Bowl game. Of the Super Bowl that was played in our stadium, but that we didn't play in. Yeah. Right. We were there. You were there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was there. What was your role on game day? Um, it was Ryan Cardinal and I who were working the in-stadium app, um, down in distance, play-by-play, score, all that stuff. So cool. I was I was up in the control room in the stadium, eyes on the game, uh, saw every play. It was it was a pretty cool experience. The Super Bowl is awesome, man. I was so impressed with Super Bowl week in Minnesota and all the events and the buzz and the energy and the atmosphere, and then the game was awesome. I mean, I, I was kind of assuming Minnesota, this would be it for them for Super Bowls. Like, we're going to get one last hurrah because we built a stadium. I think the NFL would be wise to come back here. I agree. And we, we had an article on Vikings.com this week. Um, obviously, our team president and owner, Mark Wilf, thanked the fans. So we made a note of that. And he thanked all the volunteers and all the people who made this Super Bowl possible. Um, and then we kind of looked at some of the media, the national media and, and some prominent names out there who were like, they couldn't believe it. They're like, Minnesota nice is a thing. What an amazing host Minnesota was. And, and that article really blew up on the site this week. And, Sweet. It's, and it's still doing really well um, because people have so much pride in this state. And obviously it's not one of the states you look at and you're like, uh, it's one of the big cities in, in the country. But there's so much to do here and so much good here in Minnesota. And I think that was really put on display on yep. one of the biggest stages with the Super Bowl. And, and looking at the game, I mean, 505 yards for Tom Brady. Yeah, The team did not punt once. Can someone play some defense for us? And they lose. I mean, it's and, and you're right. There, was, there wasn't much defense. Um, I think if the Vikings were in the game, it would have been a totally different game just because yeah, you'll have a defense. But Went to the um, Super Bowl in an in arena football league game broke out. It was out. unbelievable. 41-33 oh. was the final score. Um, it's the highest scoring and highest offensive game yards-wise in Super Bowl history. So we saw history, which was great. Um, Malcolm Butler, Hello. The, the starting cornerback for the New England Patriots, just did didn't not, play. Just didn't play. Bill, Bill Belichick decided that he didn't want to play Malcolm Butler in the game. I'd say that, that probably made a difference in a 41-33 to 33 game. I would say so, especially when you have um, Alshon Jeffrey running routes up the field. Zach Ertz was unstoppable on, on crossing routes across the field. Uh, Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, the, the amount of um, wide receivers they had out there, I just find it pretty amazing that one of your top corners or second best corner, yeah. whatever it is, doesn't play at all. Obviously, I, there are some rumors out there with some reasons why, but yeah. man, that that is crazy. What would you think about uh, JT? So I am personally a huge Justin Timberlake fan. Yeah, and yeah. I've been for a long time. Cool. That was the first time I saw him live, and yeah. I thought I thought he was amazing. I yeah. thought he nailed it. Um, I've had some people. I've heard some people who don't think he was as good as they thought he was going to be. Wow! I, I thought it was great. I thought it was spectacular. I mean, what more? I mean, I thought the presentation was awesome. The color was good. The like just bright colors and unbelievable. The Prince tribute was obviously super cool, especially for Minnesotans. I mean, what more do you want? I I could I I think he. If we were giving him a grade, I would give him I would give him a hundred on yeah. the performance. Yeah. I thought he, he was, was spectacular. Awesome. So yeah, he was awesome. So don't hate. If you don't like it, <laughs> stop hating. Yeah, my uh-huh. girlfriend was like, "Oh, I didn't like his outfits," and I was like, "What?" Okay. <laughs> 
All right, whatever. Uh, uh, for me, that was the best part of the night. So. Well, I mean, your girlfriend's <laughs> awesome, so I, re- I respect her opinion, but like, I don't care about his outfits. I care about how it sounds and looks. 100%. And he's, right. I mean, he's, he does it all. So. All right. All right, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, we were a great host for the Super Bowl here in Minnesota, but now we will move on, and that's where Vikings fans are looking, and that's towards the future. Um, there's an off-season to-do list going forward. Um, we started off with talking about moving to the new facility in Egan. That's the first thing on the list, um, but there's also a couple of other things that um, the Vikings management and Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are, are looking to do in these next couple of weeks this week going forward so um you had a good article on vikings.com this week kind of outlining the to-do list so um let's go over a couple of those things that that we need to do to to keep moving up yeah and and this these are ideas for them this is us not telling them what they should do we think they at the you know we think they pretty much know what they're doing i mean zimmer's gone 11 and 5 and won a division he went 13 and 3 and won a division here so i mean he, he knows what he's doing but these are this is just for some fodder some conversation so, uh, yeah, we can go over a couple of these. Which ones do you want to go? What do you want to start with? I think we're not going to start with the first one on this list here because I think that's the best one on the list. So, so we'll think, save it for last? I think we saved that right. one for last. Okay. Um, I, I, I think a big topic of this offseason that not many people um, are thinking about is, is that defensive line three technique spot um, that's going to be a, a position that's definitely important for this team and, and one where we can build and fortify through the draft or free agency or wherever. So, yeah, what, what do you think? The yeah, Viking, yeah. I, I like the idea of taking the strength of your team and trying to make it stronger. Absolutely. And, bi- and build and enhance your identity. You know, because it's the offseason, all the conversation is about what wasn't good and how do we make it better. And that's that's good. You need to do that. But I think you also want to be like, this is what we do better than like everyone else, and we're going to keep it that way. And I think for the heart of that for the Vikings is their defensive line. It's their defense, and then the heart of that is the defensive line. We're really good up front with the starting four, I think, but we can be better. And the way I think you can be better is by increasing the depth that you have and maybe upgrading at one spot, and that is three technique. Not because Tom Johnson needs to be upgraded, but because Tom Johnson will be a better player if he's not having to play 60 snaps a game. I mean, the Vikings asked a lot of Tom Johnson this season, and he delivered, but you want to have Tom Johnson here for seasons to come. You don't want to grind him down to a nub you know, in one or two seasons. So I think you, you add a three technique, you add another defensive ender to you continue to develop Stephen Weatherly. You continue to develop Tashawn Bauer. You yep. add one or two in the draft or free agency. I just think you fortify what you already have at the defensive line. I think that would really help this defense. I think it would help the defense sustain success for 2018 and for the long term. Absolutely. And uh, one one area that that could be done is free agency. And uh, looking at some of the names that the Vikings have to soon to be free agents on the list. We'll have the free agent tracker and everything going on Vikings.com when that time comes. But looking at some of the names, Tom Johnson, as you mentioned, Jarek McKinnon at running back, Terrence Newman, who already said that he wants to come back and play corner again next year for the Vikings. And obviously the three quarterbacks who took snaps for the Vikings last year and Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, and Teddy Bridgewater, all soon to be free agents. So that'll definitely be one on the list. 
Yeah. Um, sometimes the best free agent signings are re-signings, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I know in baseball, a saying is sometimes the best trades you make are the trades you don't make, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think in, in football, some of the best signings you can do are, are to keep your own guys. The Vikings started doing that last summer. They've been doing that under Rick Spielman the whole time. But they really, when it comes to this core of players on defense, they really hit a home run last offseason, right before camp, right as we were getting to camp. Um, when they locked up, you know, they extended Everson Griffin, they extended Xavier Rhodes, they extended Harrison Smith prior to that. Yep. Um, so, you know, that, that's that's something for them to look at, not only the guys who are coming up this season to be free agents, but maybe the guys who are coming up in two off seasons to be free agents. You kind of look at extending the contracts of those players, perhaps. And if you do it that way, you can structure it in a way where you can spread out cap hits to different years for different guys so that you're not in bad cap shape in any one single year. You're kind of spreading out. Um, you're spreading out the vulnerability throughout four or five years, and then you're never in bad shape for one single season. So I think before we get to, like, who's on the free agent market, who are we going to sign, let's figure out who are we going to re-sign, who are we going to keep, and then we'll figure out where the holes are. For sure, and then obviously looking at the main position on offense, and that's the quarterback decision that has to be made. Um, it's all over the place. We know that it's a very tough decision, but uh, yeah, there, there's some free agents out there as well at quarterback position, but we have three good ones that took snaps for us last year, so um, that'll be the another decision for the Vikings to make there with free agency. Right. Um, but we're going to look at a positive, and that's number four on this list. And that's to get hyped about Dalvin Cook. Yeah. We didn't we only got a quick look at him last year and man was he great in those first few games as a Viking and goes down in that uh the fourth regular season game against Detroit at home at US Bank Stadium and um he lost a fumble on that play as well so that was a a tough tough um way to go down right at the beginning of his rookie season. Um and then now look He's he's getting going through his rehab. He's doing yep. great, and there's nothing but positive signs for Dalvin Cook. So we're excited yeah. about that. Yeah, for sure. And and this is something that whoever the Vikings hire as the offensive coordinator, whoever the quarterback is going to end up being, like Dalvin Cook's return is good for both those guys, you know, and the rest of the team. And um, you know, it's awesome what we did on offense without him. So now, what can we do with him? You it's know, great. and um, and I remember talking. You know, when, when the Vikings were going to play the Atlanta Falcons this year, Devonta Freeman, you know, was kind of coming back from an injury where he was out, I think, for two or three games before our game. Yeah. And I was just like, it is good for Atlanta that he's coming back. I'd rather not play him. But, you know, they are going to have to figure out because they had won all those games without him. So now they're going to have to figure out how to still be good, but put put Devonta Freeman back in, right? And right. like and not ruin their flow. So the Vikings are going to have to do that. The good news for the Vikings is they have all offseason to figure it out Which is and great. training camp in the preseason. So, um it's going to be really fun to watch him run. He's vowed to come back better than ever. Um ACLs are still serious knee injuries, obviously, but I think the technology and the human body is getting to the point where it's being it's able to come back from them a lot better than 20 years ago. So, you know, I expect um, a good season from Dalvin. I, 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 I'm sure it's still one of those injuries where you don't get all of your juice back until two years removed from it. So I don't think we'll see the true Dalvin Cook that we will end up seeing throughout his career next year, but I think we're going to see a really good Delvin Cook, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, that that'll definitely be exciting. Mike Zimmer went on record saying that 
Man, he he definitely would have helped us if he stayed healthy yeah. um, throughout the year in his end of the season press conference. So we're excited about that. Now we're going to look forward to the NFL draft, which is awesome because we have the 30th pick and there's a lot of interesting players that some of the experts are tying us to at that 30th pick. Um, when we go to pick on Thursday, April 26th in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. So um, we're going to take a look at some of the players in in college and uh, some of the experts, some of the top names from ESPN, Yahoo Sports, Bleacher Report, and all that. So um, we're going to start with a tackle. Okay. And he's a tackle out of Notre Dame, Mike McGlinchey, who's been – some of the first mock drafts had him being taken in the top 10. Wow. And now they have him down to 30 at, at our spot, which um, seems like really good value out of out of a tackle at an older name. So, um, yeah, I've seen a little bit of him play. I've watched a little film since we saw his name on, on Todd McShay and NFL.com Lance Zerline's list yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's a big, big-sized tackle. And it definitely would strengthen the outside for the running game and for the pass protect, uh, protection with Remmers and Riley Reef, who Remmers spent some time at guard this year, so it would be nice to obviously have some depth at that tackle position. So that that's what I see out of Mike McGlinchey. Yep, I see it the same way. And um, I'm you know I'm not against the Vikings taking an offensive lineman in the first round. I'm not against them paying big money on free agency for an offensive lineman. I, I know that they invested heavily in it last offseason, so you might say go to a different area this offseason. I'm saying double down. I mean, you saw so much improvement on offense last year, and a big reason for it was the offensive line was healthy and good. So, I mean, look at the Eagles. They've invested heavily in their offensive line. They won the Super Bowl. It I mean, paid off. Yeah, so just just keep going, man. You had a great offseason along the offensive line last year. Keep going. So if they take a tackle, if they take this kid from Notre Dame in the first round, sounds good to me. And the next one's from ESPN's Mel Kuyper. He's got us taking a tackle as well. And this is a, a different player. His name's Connor Williams out of Texas. He plays plays the tackle position. He's done some some work at left tackle as well as right tackle. He was He had a big injury. Um, in college and didn't play many games last year, but he has the size and strength as uh, as one of one of the top tackles in the draft to be to be a a NFL ready kind of tackle coming out of a big school in Texas. So that's Connor Williams. Um, same sort of thing though, a tackle who will add depth to the offensive line. Yep, and uh, I think it's the same the same talking points as as with McGlinchey. You know, so. Um, we're sort of, I know we're bringing up specific names here, but we're sort of talking in theory right now about positions at 30 because we haven't even been to the combine yet, pro days, tape study, all that has not happened. Um, you know, it's, it's happening for NFL teams, but for those of us who are talking about it and wondering about it and on the outside, you know, this is all theory with positions. I'd be cool with an offensive lineman, guard or tackle in the draft that in the first round. Absolutely. There's another offensive tackle linked from Bleacher Reports, Matt Miller. Uh, he believes that Colton Miller out of UCLA, another big yeah. tackle. Would another be, UCLA Bruin, huh? Yeah, which we have a few in, in linebackers and our long snapper Kevin McDermott as well is from UCLA. Uh, Kai Forbath is from UCLA. Yep. So we have a lot assistant, of Bruins here. Assistant GM George Payton. That's right. UCLA. A lot of Bruins. So that yeah. that's, that's definitely a, a cool – cool guy to look at as well Colton Miller out of UCLA but there are some other positions that a couple of uh, experts have us going and um, one we've noted and that's defensive end that's adding to the pass rush here and it's another LSU player yeah Arden Key is from uh, 
Let's see. NFL.com's Daniel Jeremiah likes us taking Arden Key at the 30th pick. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah says Key could drop because of off-field issues as well as an inconsistent fall. However, his upside is outrageous. And Mike Zimmer would be the right coach to help him reach that level. Of course, Andre Patterson um, and and uh, Robert Rodriguez have had great success with young defensive linemen here under under head coach Mike Zimmer. You want to give him another raw, talented player? Sounds good to me. Especially one out of LSU when we saw right. the way Daniel Hunter developed. Right. And into... we kind of like Deshaun Bauer, too. Absolutely. He's from LSU. So here we go. We can keep going with that. And then one more we're going to look at. number The, the fifth player here, and it's Deron Payne, and that's that defensive tackle spot out of Alabama. This yeah. is NFL.com's Bucky Brooks. Um, the Vikings could fall to the best player available premise and add a rock-solid interior defender to the rotation, which is exactly what you touched on before. Yeah, and uh, I'd be cool with this. Now, this guy, he had a, he had a good game in the, in the title game, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. Oh, he's, he's a run-stopper. Yeah. He can get to the quarterback. He can do it all. You know, the, the whole best player available thing, I, I think some fans, especially fans who follow it every year and, and kind of can read between the lines, they know that it's – Teams don't always take the best player, like literally the best player available, right? I mean, because if you're the Packers and you have Aaron Rodgers and the and the best player on your board is a is a quarterback and you're in the first round, yep. you, know, you might not take that guy. But so I don't I don't I don't think you should take that literally as like the single best player available. What you do is you look at your board and you look at the at the six five or six positions you want to address, and it's the best player in those five or six positions. Yeah, is really what it is. For the Vikings, that very well could be a defensive end or a defensive tackle. I mean, I know that we were good on defense and all that, but they could take a defensive lineman at, at number thirty. And if they ended up with this kid from Alabama, I'd be fine with that. Or this kid from LSU that we talked about, I'd be fine with that too. You know, um, I think when you're at thirty, it's not drafting for need because. Except in rare circumstances, you're probably, when you're picking the 30th best player, you're probably not getting an impact starter, you know, unless it's just a unique situation. So just get some depth, you know, get a, get a guy who in two or three years can be a starter and be good for you, um, you know, and, and think of it that way. Don't think of it as like plugging a need. So if you're someone who really wants the Vikings to get a starting three technique, you know, I think you're looking at free agency yeah, for that. You for know sure. what I mean? Now... Maybe on the offensive line you can get a starter at 30, especially if it's one of those tackles. You slide Remmers into guard. And we saw the Vikings you know? do that last year with Pat Elfline, and yeah. he played like an all-star yeah. at, at center. So. so it's going to be interesting. I mean, there, there's uh, this is a fun time of year. Obviously, we're bummed out about how the season ended, but that you got to get that. That's over. The Super Bowl is over. No more excuses to be dwelling on what happened in Philadelphia. It's all about 2018 right now. That's right. And, um, you know, the next big step in that is the Combine coming up at the end of this month where uh, obviously we will be there giving uh, giving everyone wall-to-wall coverage of the Combine. And then right when we get back from the Combine, it's basically free agency. That starts on March 14th. Not much of an offseason this no, year. No, there isn't. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty condensed, consolidated for yep. us, having hosted the Super Bowl, having made a deep playoff run and then hosting the Super Bowl, getting right into this offseason calendar. So it uh, should be a lot of fun coming up. That's for sure. All righty. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Wobcast. We will have fan questions for you next week, so make sure you send them in to the normal email address. If you don't know what it is, go to the Monday Morning Mailbag, read that article, find the email address, and send us a question, and maybe you can be involved in next week's Wobcast. On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, 
I'm your host, Wabi, signing off for now. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.